<laughs> I literally just got back here <laughs> in time. I was just like, oh shit, it started. Anyways, uh, <laughs> hello everybody. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Mission Star Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Bionis. And with me as always, the man who, the man who, uh, I don't know, who's just a guy. Uh, Greg Dietz. Solid intro. <laughs> I mean, out of all the intros we've ever done, I'd say that's top tier. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, what can I say? I, I know a way of words. <laughs> um, I, that, and that's not hyperbole. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're back, guys. We're back from the episode of Mission Star Podcast. Um, if you are watching either, or if you're watching live, we will have an after show. Um, it's, uh, we're going to, me and Greg going to talk about Deadpool 2. So spoilers ahead. Uh, also a reminder, we will not have a show next week because I'll be at anime. So, uh, yeah, no, no, sh- no new show next week, but we have one tonight and I think it's time we get right into it. So give me a second. Here's our switch. Yeah. Animation. All right, so let's begin with a little game that was, well, actually confirmed. So last week we talked about the uh, Walmart, uh, Canada Walmart, which uh, leaked a bunch of games that are supposedly going to be at E3. One of which, Rage 2, out of all the games on there, was initially pretty much confirmed by Bethesda as they tweeted it out, reactivated their, t- their Twitter account, and then not, li- not longer than the, maybe a few days afterwards, they released two trailers. One live action, one gameplay. Um, I got the live action one. Okay, well, whatever. You can see that one for a while. Um, so, uh, this was reported off of GameSpot.com. Um, this is written by... Uh, let me see, where is the author of this oh oscar deus all right so after a series of teasers and an initial reveal trailer bethesda has finally shown off some rage 2 gameplay the ps4 xbox one and pc shooter features a lot of over-the-top action bunch of guns and for the first time in the series an open world take a look at the new footage uh, for yourself above which you're seeing behind us at least the first initial trailer uh, in addition, Bethesda has revealed uh, a few more details about the upcoming game uh, born from a collaboration of the gods of shooters, id Software, and the masters of Open Mayhem, Avalanche Studios. Rage 2 packs Carnival of Carnage so intense it only comes from a legendary AAA, two legendary AAA studios. Read a press release. So, one of the things, so first off, these guys who are making this game was actually wasn't and it was was making uh, supposedly Mad Max Two, Mad Max uh, Mad Max came out uh, the same day as uh, what was it, Metal Gear Solid Five, and uh, yeah that came out, um, and there was supposedly going to be a, a sequel to that, but because of something might have I forgot the entire details, but like it went along the lines of the person who had the rights didn't want him to do another one. So then they were kind of up to like, well, we have all the assets. So I guess in, in, in this case, you know, Bethesda kind of like, hey, if you want to make another game like that, uh, we have something similar. So Rage 2 it is. <laughs> um, 
That's not terribly surprising considering. Did you ever play Rage One? You know what's funny? I have not. I've seen it, and I I know I should play it because I know it was a huge thing back when they were announced it and they showed it off. But I have not played it yet. Um, it it's very it's it's very Mad Maxian. Um, so the idea, I mean, yeah, it wasn't good, but uh, the idea is that you're in basically a giant wasteland. You crash land in like a rocket ship or some stu. I don't remember exactly. Uh, not that it mattered. Um. And the idea of the game is you are supposed to go from point A to point B, uh, scavenging for items to create more guns or different different guns, and uh, build a car essentially, like from scratch. Um, that way, for when you're driving around, you can have little car combat sequences. Um, and uh, when you go into buildings, which was arguably the best part of the game, um, it just becomes gun battle simulator. Uh, I never beat the game because. It was boring, but when playing it, I remember back in the day when I played Rage, I just kept thinking, "This is very Mad Maxian. This is very Thunderdome." And um, so to hear that the Mad Max people are working on the sequel is not terribly surprising. Mm -hmm. But due to the reception of Rage, is why I think where the surprise that Rage Two is being made. Yeah, because um, because if you ask somebody who are within the game industry or, you know, who were, you know, as, as, as we do cover it, uh, who, who was wanting a, a, a rage two, <laughs> like out of the games that, that people wanted back. That's, Cause that one came out of left field. And again, going back to that, uh, Canadian Walmart league, um, of all the games, like rage two, again, was like one of those games where like, there's no way this is going to happen. And then oh behold, it happened. It's like, Oh shit. Which leads credits to that league more, uh, more so than before. So, that league list that uh, can uh, Walmart Canada has put out there is people are starting to look at it a bit more now with intense eyes because of with this announcement. So it this it may I'm pretty sure not all of them are going to be confirmed. I know I have in the uh, fourth uh, subject that some of the games were on there were are not going to be at E3. So not everything is true on there, but it definitely was a big surprise. Um, and again, I have not played Rage 1. I, I, I am planned to do so. I remember hearing that uh, every, it, was, it was a pretty okay game, but then like the ending boss was not great. That's what I've heard. <laughs> so. I said the overall game was kind of boring. That, that was my biggest complaint. Like they tried to give you this like boomerang glaive sort of thing. Yeah. That was kind of fun to control in a slow motion aspect. But ultimately like that, like there wasn't much to the gameplay. It was drive from point A to point B, shoot a bunch of people, kill kill a bunch of people with your glaive go to the next location go to another building do the same thing over and over again for 10 hours like it got very very stale and the world was trying to build itself around this idea of like it takes place in like the future but not really the future it's like what what is happening here and it, just, <laughs> it wasn't very fun it wasn't to me like something that makes the mad max movies stand out is its absurdness for two hours, maybe not even that long, you get to enjoy absurdness. Yeah. So I, didn't, I never beat, like I said, I never beat the game just because I didn't care. Uh, mm hmm Yeah. Um, and the Mad Max video game did a good job of that, but I feel the Mad Max game also became very stale as that was the crux of the game was just 
go from point A to point B, fight a few guys that are trying to kill you with like in the car situation, um, build your car up to be stronger. Uh, the combat was cool because it was very uh, Batman Arkham Asylum esque. Right, right. Um, and then once you take over like different spots, they become yours in a way. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so like it was just it, it it to me the story there was no story. Uh, for the Mad Max films, there's a story. There's a legitimate story. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Valer. Um, and in in the in the in the case of rage i felt that rage very much tried to hone in that same mad max feeling and i don't personally feel that mad max fits a video game is what i'm trying to get at okay interesting like uh, the mad max game wasn't bad right. it's not a bad game right, it's just right. a boring game after like four hours right gotcha okay um, so more likely we'll see this at E3 um, in the Bethesda press conference. Probably some more stuff we haven't seen. Or maybe they'll show the same trailer. Who knows? Um, the thing that it, that kind of piqued my interest is because I remember seeing this tweeted out or the company coming out and saying that. Bethesda stated that they have one of the most uh, full lineups for their press conference um, when E3 comes around. And it got me thinking, like, what else potentially do they have that they can show off that is jam-packed full because the thing that comes to mind is either they're going to show Doom 2 which I fucking hope they do um, are we getting a new Elder Scrolls game are we going to see some kind of Fallout a new Fallout maybe or maybe like a Fallout 4 uh, and in some location like I'm kind of I'm kind of curious and trying to figure it out maybe they got some new IPs maybe maybe getting Dishonored um Maybe. I mean, I, I doubt we're getting a new Dishonored because the other one came out way too soon ago. Yeah. Um, way too soon ago? That was terrible <laughs> grammar. Um, no, I, I, I do personally feel that Bethesda's in-show thing was Rage 2. I really do feel that way. I think so, too. And, yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, Walmart, Walmart completely fucked them on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that Bethesda's going to try to make their entire conference um, very mild. Uh, very similar to that one year where it was like a carnival theme sort of thing. That's true. I enjoyed that. And um, and and they're gonna make they're gonna make a joke about Rage Two being leaked. They're absolutely gonna make oh, a joke about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely gonna be th those type of people who would do that. I would, yeah, I definitely see that. <laughs> so I mean, I I think that their conference is gonna be fun, but I mm -hmm. yeah, they were absolutely banking on surprising everybody with Rage Two, which is funny, considering that. Again, you know, the, the reception for the announcement Rage 2 was like, what, why? Yeah, that's the thing, though, too. <laughs> if this was going to be their ender to their press conference, I think it would leave a lot of people just kind of scratching their heads like, wait, why? Like, who who wanted a Rage 2? It's exactly yeah. the same thing as people ask, like, why would he need a Knack 2? It's the same situation. <laughs> uh, the only person I know that needs a Knack, a Knack 3 at this point, a Knack sequel, is, uh, is um, Video Game Donkey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, gag, a, gag, a gag within his his episodes on on YouTube is he constantly makes a joke that Knack is the best game of all time. That's the joke. So that's the joke. All right, moving on to our next topic at hand. Um, this is reported off of Kotaku.com, written by Jason Schreier. 
Sony ends production on physical Vita games. As he leaves. <laughs> uh, Sony is ending physical production of Vita games, uh, Kotaku has learned. Although the hardware manufacturer says digital distribution will continue, uh, this move will mark the end of physical cards for the Malage? Malag? I can't say that. M-A-L-A-G and the portable game system. Sony, Amer uh, Sony's American and European branches plan to end all Vita game card production by cl uh, close of a fiscal year in 2018. The company told developers today in a, in a message uh, obtained by Kotaku, this message asks that all Vita product code requests uh, be submitted by June 28, 2018, and that the final purchase ordered uh, orders to be entered February 15th, 2019 Sony's 2018 fiscal year will end on March 31st 2019 uh, so basically um, Sony is ending the physical production of the VD games um, as of June 29th I believe yeah no, uh, yes oh June 28th so uh, which again harkens back to I think a previous conversation is that uh, I'm surprised Sony has been supporting Vita for this long but then again Vita has uh, there's a dedicated fan base around that, um, and it's well. Also, also, it's not just dedicated fan base, but like it, it's actually pretty popular in Japan. So that's true. It's very true. Um, so I'm kind of surprised uh, about them doing this, but which leads me to think I don't think it will happen this year or next year. But do you think that Sony will eventually come back around and make another handheld? No, no. Um, they might adopt what the Switch is doing with the the you know home home or uh, home console slash take on the go console. That'd be interesting if they do that. Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, you know, portable hmm. screens are getting really really good. Yeah. Um, but I also I still doubt that. But that's like the closest I think they'll coming they'll come back to a uh, a handheld console. Um, unfortunately, the the Vita um, <laughs> uh, the Vita is is I'll say this about the Vita: it's a great console, has amazing games on it, awesome games. And this article, if I'm not mistaken, talks about vis physical Vita games, yes. not. The not digital. Yeah, digital. You can still buy the digital games right now. So, but this this is the first step in the door of PlayStation kind of dropping their handheld market. Yeah. Um, At least when it comes to because, the Vita. Yeah. Well, there's two there's two factors, and we already talked about it. We already mentioned it that the dedicated fan base and how big it is in Japan is why it's still alive. Um, but at the end of the day, I just don't think that Sony Sony wants to kind of go back into that area. Um, I could be totally wrong. I could be absolutely and in, totally incorrect on that, and that Sony will be like, "Fuck it, here we go." Yeah, strap in, boys. So here's but, here here's here's my thinking. I I agree. I think gut instinct wise, I don't think Sony is going to make another handheld in the near future, um, up because the result of what happened with the Vita and the PSP and the PSP Go. Um, but what I will say though, Sony is in a position right now where, um. They are selling a lot of consoles. They're selling a lot of great exclusive games. They're getting a lot of praise right now from the game industry and doing quite well right now. And they have t and they're a company known to take risk upon game companies and other of that sort before. 
So I would not put it past Sony to take another stab at doing another handheld. Um, will they do it? I gut instinct says no, but I would not be surprised if they try to. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, the Switch is doing astoundingly well. And not like beating, you know, in terms of sales, beating Microsoft or Sony by hell no, not in America at least. Mm -hmm. um, but it's doing really well, better than any analyst said it was going to. Um, shit, better than their market share said it was going to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, but that being said, it's still popular enough where where Sony might try to adopt part of it. They might, they might go to the extent of saying like the new PlayStation 5 has a portable screen on it. You can turn it off and plug it in and you're and you can play the game on your TV, but if you, you know if you want to take it somewhere else, here you go. Cuz Sony already kind of does that with their like play anywhere around your house yeah, sort of thing that's or watch true. certain things anywhere around your house. That's very true, yeah. So um even though even though like every organization that's media based does that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I don't know, man. I mean, like it—it's Sony. Sony is Sony is fascinating to watch because they have such strong market share here in America that it it does affect how they handle stuff in Japan. You know, we see a company like Nintendo do certain things, and we're just like, it, it's confusing because we don't understand Japanese marketing like we do here in America. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we look at how the Microsoft sells their console. We're like, that makes sense. We look at how Sony sells their console here. And we're like, that makes sense. But when we look at how Nintendo does it, we're like, why? Yeah. Well, for what? So I think there's, there's a lot of that. That's, that's throwing a wrench in our stuff because we know that they are a Japanese based company. Yes. Agreed. So, Agreed. um, I think, I think on, on a, on a completely different note, the the current Vita has a couple more years of life before Sony completely drops it out. Yeah, agree. So if you have a if you have a Vita, just buy a gigantic memory card for it and store up on amazing Japanese based games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they... I think I, I think at the end of the day, like if you're a, a JRPG fan, Sony Vita is like a perfect place for that stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, Nintendo is coming up in that real quick. Good lord, yep. they are coming up in that real quick. But, yep. <laughs> but like, I guarantee you, another Persona will be on the on the Vita soon. I guarantee it. I wouldn't. Um, I don't yeah, think it'll be a main title. I don't think it'll be a main title, not by a long shot. Right, but it definitely right. will be a a new Persona game. Yeah. Um. For sure. For sure. You know, something that the Vita has over other mobile stuff, including the Switch, is um, other media. Um, uh things so right yeah sony owns other media outside of games uh and uh consoles they also own like for the movie movie uh, uh companies as well as uh televisions like they have a whole like arms reach well, of a lot of things say, like, i was also gonna say that like you can get youtube and uh netflix and um HBO Go or well now HBO Now Go whatever yeah. on the Vita like you can you can download those and, and use those on the Vita like you would on a PlayStation Four. Um, you you can't do that on the Switch. You just can't do that on the Switch. Yeah, yet. you can get Hulu. That's it. Right. But I'm I'm telling you, Nintendo, let's get to it. Yeah, I mean, like if anybody, Nintendo, 
with its ever-expanding list of games putting on there. It kind of, at this point, if you are a Vita user, like, you can still play the games, but eventually the, the next evolution, if you want to still have that feeling of a handheld and still play games on the go, it, this, this Switch is obviously the next uh, the next step towards that or to, to get that afterwards. Um, so I, w I will say that, I will say this one last thing about it is if Sony were to make a new handheld, a new Vita, um, I feel... I actually would agree with you, Greg. If they would go in that direction, I think they might be going... They might do that. Like, PS5 is going to be not only a home console, but a portable, portable one. Um, because as we often see in the game industry, uh, whatever works, companies often like to copy or, you know, go with the trend. So... I like to, I use the word adapt. <laughs> adapt, potato, patata, same thing. Uh, <laughs> um, I just said I just said I like to use the word adapt. I didn't say it was the right one, <laughs> Anthony. Right, right. However, on that note, if you're pronouncing potato patata, it's <laughs> pretty wrong. <laughs> right, right. But we'll see in the future. We shall see. If anything, um, more than likely, this probably won't be talked about at least another year or two, because like again, the Vita Vita is going to be going out the door for Sony, and who knows? Maybe they'll make another handheld. But, and all due time, all due time. All well, right. I, I I know for like the conference at E3, I doubt they'll talk about the Vita. Highly. Doubt oh yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I I I I fully agree. Now our next topic at hand, something that I and you and I talked about on what's on tap, um, and we're both we're both very very happy that is happening. Uh, this was reported off of. This is oh no, it's actually a. Uh, I think it's just a. Yeah, okay, no, it's is off of Microsoft Windows. I was like, Central. it doesn't matter where it was reported. It was yeah. reported the same everywhere. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, this was written by. No, this is uh, yeah, uh, Jez Corden. Uh, Microsoft's new Xbox controller design for accessibility leaks ahead of that reveal. Although this was, this is prior to the leak, but the more importantly, uh, this is this is this is awesome. Uh, Microsoft is known. For championing inclusion and accessibility causes, bringing gaming and other Microsoft services to those who have various types of accessibility needs. Recently, uh, Leakster uh, HOXOD discovered promo images of an unannounced Xbox controller, which we've he uh, heard has designed around accessibility needs and will likely get a bigger reveal somewhere between now and E3. At this point, it happened a few days ago. Um, while we don't have any details about how it works, um, exactly you can see the image that is how it is groove impressions at the top of the, which represents all of the Xbox controller different functions, which would help users uh, who favor touch over sight to program different buttons uh, and two large A and B buttons, which are presumably programmable. Um, I should have got a more mo most current up to date article, but more importantly. Good on Microsoft. This is a fantastic device that they are making uh, that will soon be out for the, for the public. Um, devices like these, they are usually pretty expensive. And the fact that yeah. Microsoft put it out there for a cheaper value um, and also with the mind of helping disables, uh, people, disabled people um, is awesome. It's, it, it's freaking awesome what they're doing. Yeah, there's, I mean, like, you look at that device, the, the, the rectangle thing, 
and you kind of examine it on all angles, you can see how how much is inside the capabilities of that device. And the fact that, again, like you said, they're making it marketable is, is, is really neat. Um, uh, the important thing to keep in mind on all this is that, like, a lot of games out there, like, uh, a lot of games require a lot of dexterity. Um, but there's a lot of games that don't. The games that don't are still not being able to be played by people who have disabilities because the controller is designed for a specific type of player. Yep. This eliminates that problem. If I have a friend who can't play physically or somebody that can't play physically and I want to play the new Stardew Valley on my Xbox with them because they have a multiplayer now. Well, they will. It's in beta on PC, but, we, you know, it'll console whatever um i'm gonna get to play with them in that game and that game isn't like it's not a high dexterity level but they could play it um i will say i'll also say this anthony i'm excited for the idea of somebody with a disability playing with this controller at evo i can see it happening too yeah you you know what's gonna happen oh definitely i think so uh actually there might be uh there is this player that um, uh, who's a really good Street Fighter player. Uh, his name is Broly Legs, and he is disabled. And the way he plays fighting games is with his mouth and with his tongue. And he has like these toothpicks, which he will put in his mouth so he can use the controller. Um, and he's, That's amazing. And he's really, really good at the game. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see people do uh, using it at Evo. I could definitely see this being um, not only very helpful. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Yeah, there's there's just so many cap like options and capabilities now for for people who don't have the same dexterity as everybody else. You know, when I hold this controller, it's a Switch controller, this with the Pro controller. <laughs> but when I hold it, I have two thumbs. I can press buttons, right? It's it's not it's not like it's difficult for me. But imagine somebody who can't use their fingers and their hands are just like this. You know, and they have to, they have to do different, they have to do other things or they don't, they don't have the ability to use their arms and they can only use their feet. This gives them that option. It's just like, we could gush about it for another fucking five minutes about how cool it is, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know that a, anybody out there would be. Hold on. Uh, Valer says it's also a standard for those devices. They just plug into the back, which really opens up like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. And I think that's 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 the thing that's so cool is that it's it, this is not an expensive device, whereas mm. others are. So. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Uh, again, no, no, nothing else uh, to say other than the fact that Microsoft be doing some good stuff over there. So. Yeah, well done. I mean, I can't say more. I can't praise it more. Mm -hmm. I'm totally, totally for it. I, 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 not only am I appreciative of it, but I'm sure the others are. So. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so moving on to our next topic at hand, and I need to open up this other window now. Okay, awesome. So where's my topic? Topic four. Topic four. All right. So our next topic. Uh, so with E3 fast approaching, 
um, there seems to be a lot of. Uh, so I was going through the news. The lot, the majority of the news I've seen so far is games being delayed, announced, or something else. Um, so I'm gonna do a quick rundown of, of announcements and stop me if you want to talk about whatever. Uh, consider this as the game announcements roundup. Um, so as you can see behind me, Skull and Bones, Ubisoft's uh, Pirates game, was laid from uh, 2019 to 2020. Um, so that is was it really when was that when was that announced that was well this reported on three days ago uh, this is off of polygon.com written by Owen S. Good Skull I'm sorry this is disappointing as hell to hear <laughs> Skull and Bones the open world pirate adventure uh, announced by Ubisoft at E3 2017 has been delayed to the publisher's 2019-2020 fiscal year Ubisoft told investors today the game was originally uh, charted for some time in the last six months of this year. Quote, in line with previous practices in the view of the acceleration of our digital transformation, growth, in-back catalog sales, and excellent momentum of recent releases, Ubisoft has decided to give us give itself more time to develop Skull and Bones to offer players an even more engaging experience. Unquote, the company said in an earnings report. Skull, Skull and Bones was just shown off uh, last June in Los Angeles at Ubisoft's news conference. It features tactical naval <coughs> combat within its single and multiplayer modes, with uh, which included five on five player, free player action. So, that mm. it has been delayed. I'm sorry, my friend. No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> So I think that well maybe we might see it at E3 or we we, we may not not D- depends. They might yeah, I don't know. They might show another gameplay trailer or or gameplay session. So, um, all right. So moving right along, other announcements that were also uh, speaking of Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft will announce a new AAA game at E3 in twenty uh, at this press conference, um, which you know I think you said EA will. Uh, no, Ubisoft. Ubisoft, okay. Yeah, which I think we talked about a little bit before, but like, it, I think it's going to be Splinter Cell, um, which would be the yeah, probably. I mean, it could be a completely new title too, like That's something true. we haven't That's heard true. of before. That's so. true. Yeah, yeah. Which would be absolutely welcomed right now. <laughs> yes, it would be. Uh, another going around the, uh, the rounds of, of other games announcements. Um, apparently, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee were. Um, uh, the, the, the the product domain names were were uh, bought recently, um, and originally via CG, CSC Digital Brand Services, um, which could indicate that maybe <laughs> Greg, maybe you're right. We might get a new Pokemon game for the Switch for possibly this year or next year. So, which fuck, that, actually, let's go. Let's go could also be the title of like a, a mobile. Uh, that's true. That's true. That's true because Pokemon Go, yeah, good point. Very good point. Like, don't get me wrong, Pokemon Go is still really popular. It's like in the top ten still of like making money on on phones. But right, right. Uh, what this could be is just a Pokemon mobile game that is more like classic Pokemon games. Like, it's not an actual um, AR game, but it's a it's a more classic Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm getting at. And the reason that it's titled Let's Go Pokemon or Let's Go Eevee is just in the regards to how it's going to play on that device. Yeah. And just kind of thinking about it, I think a Pokemon game on the, on, the, on the Switch could be really awesome in terms of like, well, hmm, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I, I think anything on a Switch is regarded as pretty good. I'm trying to think of like just any sort of like gyroscope ability on the Switch 
kind of like how the Wii there is. is. There is? Okay, then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the device itself, like the screen, like the game itself has one and the and the Joy-Cons have one. Mm-hmm. So when you have all of them linked up, like it's a big old fucking tilty bitch. Okay. Okay. I'm curious, curious to see what, what the new Pokemon game is going to be, either to be for the mobile or for the Switch. Uh, this is a little weird. Um, so uh, this was tweeted out. Um, the rumors are true. Rumors that I started, but still. I will be hosting Battlefield Live reveal on Wednesday, May 23rd. Catch on uh, catch catch it streaming live on Battlefield YouTube for Battlefield 5. Uh, and the person I'm seriously talking about is uh, the Daily Show's Trevor Noah is going to be hosting that, which I find odd. Wow, <laughs> I, interesting. I know, right? It's like, huh? All right, uh, he all right. He made a video and he's kind of like he's like telling me like, hey, I do this and this. I'm also a gamer. So it's like, okay, look. It's a little weird to see that. <laughs> um, a game that's uh, near and dear in my heart because of uh, Lab Zero. Uh, Indivisible was delayed until 2019, um, which you know I'm I, I'm I'm not surprised and I'm, I'm not that worried about it. Only for the fact that like Skullgirls took it, it was it was delayed consistently, and you know I'm not surprised. It's in the, make it better or make it good. So I'm asking. <laughs> so see, seeing it be delayed to 2019, I mean, that's par for the course. It's, co- it's also kind of a running joke, too, at the same time. Uh, well, look, I'd, I'd rather games get delayed than get rushed. Yeah, so. especially to avoid all the, the big games coming out in the fall or in, in a particular time period. Um, Stalker 2 was announced. Uh, it's happening. And the date is going to be 2021. Uh, which basically means this game is not going to be shown off or released until 20, uh, 2021. Which is crazy. So it's like, okay. And, th- and then the, that begs the question. It's like, Stalker was a good game. I'm surprised that there's another game for or, or a sequel being made for it. So, But uh, yeah, that is happening. Um, this is coming out of Shaq News. New Borderlands 3 at E... Uh, no, no Borderlands 3 at E3 in 2018, according to Gearbox. This was... Uh, uh, going coincide with the massive leak that happened. Um, you know, read this paragraph real quick. This is reported off of Shack News, uh, written by oh As- Asif Khan. Uh, Shackers have been dying to see or hear anything about Borderlands 3 for years, and sadly they would w- have to wait no uh, have to wait longer uh, than E3 2018. A representative from Gearbox Software announced that. Uh, to a rumored journalist earlier today that there will be no Borderlands presence at E3 uh, whatsoever. Gearbox Software will have other titles to show off to gamers uh, during the conference next year. Which, to say, like, uh, I think majority... I think... Wait, is Gearbox? They're under 2K Games, so... 2K Games... Yeah. The 2K Games can be showing off Red Dead. Um, but Gearbox itself, it's not... Alright, they got something, I guess. But, um, yeah, they basically came out and said, like, yeah, they're, it's not happening this year at E3. Despite what yeah, the Randy, 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 Randy Pitchford tweeted out, uh, I could announce right now and say that there will be no Borderlands 3 at E3, and you guys will still wouldn't believe me. Mm-hmm. So, like, <clears throat> I did see that. Um, it's disappointing for sure because I know that I want that game. And I know that a lot of other people want that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Because Borderlands, Borderlands 1 was fun. Borderlands 2 was better. Um, uh, the the Moon one was not great. 
and then uh, um, the Telltale game was amazing. Um, the the problem with Borderlands Three though that I see is that Borderlands One writing was not great, but the gameplay was awesome. Yeah. And then you look at Borderlands Two, and the gameplay was similar to one, just more redefined, or just sorry, burpcast. <laughs> Was more def- was more uh, uh, refined, and then uh, I said redefined like that made sense. <laughs> um, but the writing was top notch, and I think that came from uh, primarily Anthony Birch being on the writing team. Yes, yes. Uh, and I know that he's not doing anything with Two K anymore. He doesn't even work for them. He works for Rocket Jump, which is a a different entertainment entertainment group. Mm. Or at least I think he still works for Rocket Jump. I could be wrong. Uh, but, um, you know, would the writing be as good anymore? Uh, I think that the reason that, like, they would have to bring in the right people to make three have a really fucking solid story. But the other problem with three that they're going to come across is if you beat two, if you beat the second game, you know that there are multiple planets with different vaults. So how is that going to play out? Like, are they going to be able to go to different planets? Is is that a mechanic within the game? That's got to be a fucking hellscape to build. Oh yeah. So I would imagine there's so. a lot. There's there's a lot of aspects and different angles to take Borderlands Three. You know, do we have only four archetypes to start from with powers? You know, um, Borderlands Two came out pretty shortly after after one, and it's been a hell of a long time between two and three. Right. So, yeah. Not a not as long as Kingdom Hearts, but that's a different point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's certainly disappointing because I wanted to see more about that game. I wanted to hear more. So, right, right. But we'll see. We'll definitely we'll see, see. what happens. I, I kind of feel like one or two things is going to happen. They're going to make an announcement right after E3, right before E3, and be like, "Ha ha, we said it wasn't going to be at E3." Oh, I so, see. I don't know. Huh. Huh. They could go that route if they wanted to. Um, I'll throw this one big piece of news uh, in this roundup of games and that, uh, announcements and whatnot. Um, but, uh, Bulletstorm Studio, People Can Fly, is working with Square Enix on a new AAA shooter. Um, and I'll link that in the chat for those to read it. But uh, you know what? I love Bulletstorm. I, that game that game is, is very, I won't say underrated. It's just like it's, it doesn't get enough love. Um, well, you, there's two aspects. Well, first off, it gets a lot of love. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not getting love right now because right. the game is old and it didn't have a multiplayer. So once you beat it, you were done. Uh, it's collectibles and like like completion rate was super low. So like most people, like I did, like you did, beat the game and then that was it. You were done. Yeah. So yeah. what what you know what else is there? What where else do we go from that point? And um, I think I think that they're uh, I, I think them working on a new game is very exciting. Yeah, because for Square Enix and Triple H Triple A game of, of some sorts, I'm all, I'm all on board. I want to see what it is. More than likely, yeah. we'll see it at E3. Hopefully, yep. um, I will laugh my ass off if they have some mention of Dick Ticks in the game. <laughs> all right, guys. You know what time it is. Is that, is that time? Do they? I, I think they know. It's also on top. <laughs> uh, it's on top of the, the thing, so they, they know. 
It is, again, for the Overwatch Minute with Greg Deets. Let me know when the intro's over. I can't see it, so. There you go. And here's Greg Deeds with the Overwatch News. Hi, everybody. Um, so I got to find this article that I had up earlier about uh, some stuff with the. Uh, there it is. OK, so. Um, so this Tuesday is the beginning of Overwatch's second anniversary. Um, and within the anniversary, there's a lot that they're doing. Uh, primarily, any skin, any emote, any highlight intro, any spray that was part of an event in the past two years will be available to unlock in the three weeks between May 22nd and June 11th. Um, so what, what I like about this is two things. Um, they, they're basically allowing people who came into the game late to get skins that they didn't get before allowing players to get skins that they didn't get that they couldn't obtain in the previous events even though you know all, all the events in the first year were um all the events in the, in the first year became available at some point during the second year but that's besides the point um i just think it's a really neat thing to do for the for the anniversary i feel like this is what they should have done on the first anniversary but whatever um, along with this anniversary, as I stated last week when I was talking about it, there are three epic skins, um, basically just recolorings or different designs for however the, the skins currently look. Um, and then there are um, eight legendary skins. Well, that's all we knew until there was a massive leak. Yes, um, sir. <laughs> the, Taiwanese, the Taiwanese version of the game had some kind of glitch or something and people were able to see all of the anniversary skins so we know what they are now so i'm going to kind of tell you there's the sherlock mccree skin which basically makes him look like an old-timey detective sherlock holmes specifically um cyborg torbjorn which he looks very similar to regular torbjorn just more like cyborgish more more, more blue and white stuff <laughs> Right, right, right. It's it's that's not too much of a of a big upgrade. Um, mm -hmm. Shield Maiden Brigida, which looks super cool. Yeah. Magician Symmetra, which is arguably the best in the whole thing. She reminds me of uh, um, what's her name in the DC universe? Uh, Zatanya. Yeah. Yeah, she looks very similar to Zatanya. Also, her arm is uh, is magic. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, like, it's, yeah, it's a see-through, like, blue with, like, sparkles inside of it. Mm. Um, uh, Dryad or, or Druid Orissa, which basically just makes her look like a fucking, uh, um, a wood, a wood-dwelling creature from, from fantasy-based stuff. So it looks good. Really cool. looks good. Yeah, it looks really cool. Tuxedo Doomfist, um, which is, if you read the comics... 
that introduced Doomfist. Uh, him, him, uh, him, Reaper, and uh, Black Widow. Not Black Widow. Widowmaker. Jesus, a brain. Uh, they went to a uh, like a casino to to kill a guy or to capture a guy. I don't remember. It's been a lot of times I read the comic. But in that in that in that animation, he's wearing a white tux or a white tux with a white top. And so they basically just gave him that skin. Um, Pirate Junkrat, which we talked about last week because it was in that little intro thing. Yep. And Stealth Bastion. And Stealth Bastion actually looks really neat. Um. So there's that. Uh. There's a, the one of the skins that leaked was one of the epic skins, which was a Lucio skin, and it's 8-bit Lucio. He doesn't himself look 8-bit, but apparently he plays 8-bit chiptune music. Okay, cool. With his healing and yeah, healing and speed, and um, apparently his uh, his trail on his on his skates looks a little uh, pixelated. Nice. All right, cool. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, the other thing is that uh, uh, any of the in, so so Doomfist, Moira, and Brigida are getting uh, dances. Uh, because well, they weren't around the first time to get Dan, and um, uh, Brigida's dance is based off of um, there was a, a a video that went viral last year um, of a, a Swedish women's handball team, hmm. and they're in the locker room and they're doing this dance. They basically made a version of that for Brigida, since a she's Swedish, and b all the women in that video are muscular as fuck. So is Brigida. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, uh, I don't know where Doomfist's dance comes from, but he looks goofy as hell doing it. <laughs> um, and Moira's dance is the funniest to me because they gave Moira the goth dance. So, you know, the, huh. the, the, the viral videos of the goth kids dancing like under the bridge or in front of a certain like hotel building or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a version of that dance. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Um, yeah, it's 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 just a little bit slower, I guess. Hmm. But I thought that was hilarious to give Moira. Um, um, okay. The other thing that they're doing with this event is that on rotation, I think I talked about this last week. Every event that was available to be played, so Lucio Ball, May Snowball Offensive, Yeti Hunt, um, Junkrat's uh, uh, Revenge or Junkrat's Revenge. Um, Retribution and uh, uh, Uprising, like all those events, game types are going to be on a day, a, a day, a daily rotation. So right now in the arcade area, there's a spot that has a daily rotation slot, and that cha- that the game type changes literally every day. Well, that's going to be the case with this event. Every single day, it's going to be a different one, which is really neat. Cool. Um, there's a new map coming out with this event called Petra. Petra takes place in you, you know that spot in Jordan that has like it's a cliffside with like what looks like a really well maintained outside entrance with like giant fucking greek pillars and whatnot yeah it's yeah. in it's it yeah it's in uh, indiana jones and the last crusade that is the that is the 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 place that they're in um i don't know the lore based on why this map exists we'll know eventually but this map which i think is playing somewhere around here um uh is a deathmatch only map. So very much like the, oh, the uh okay. the chateau for Widowmaker, it's very much like that. It's so it's it's strictly it's strictly deathmatch. Here's the other kicker. There's gonna be a, a season 
a competitive season for deathmatch um death yeah deathmatch has been a very popular game type since it since it debuted so they're just gonna full-on do a competitive season of that and that'll last that'll last the three weeks of of the of the anniversary event hmm. um so as i said there are 50 items including skins and dances and all that kind of stuff um out of all those 50 items everything else is available well when you log in on on tuesday you will get a legendary crate which has looks like it's gold it has like design on the side and that has a guaranteed legendary item that you don't have in it Sick. guaranteed now everyone goes well how can i get more of those well you can't because they're specialized kind of if you buy in a bundle 50 loot boxes you'll get another legendary <laughs> crate on top of it <laughs> Um, that's great. Uh, yeah. So a lot of people are just kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'm buying 50 loot crates, uh, <laughs> or loot boxes. Um, but whatever that's, you know, that's Overwatch's model. That's what the events are supposed to do is earn them money. So, um, the, uh, the other thing that I think is really cool about this too, first off, it's two years, which is crazy to think that I've been obsessed with this game for two years now. Yeah. Uh, I don't get tired of it. I still play it like at least three times a week now. Uh, totally immersed in like what's going on. Well, not immersed, but totally in invested in what's going on with the uh, Overwatch League, which uh, New York Excelsior needs to be uh, nerfed. There's something. There's something about them. <laughs> um, uh, or the other teams need to be buffed. I don't fucking know, but they they win every <laughs> match that they play. Uh, um, oh, the the Shanghai Dragons need to be buffed for sure. They have, they still have yet to win a match. Oh He's wow! Are they it. are they the Cleveland Browns of the Overwatch League right now? Uh huh. <laughs> That's great. Sports joke. Um, <laughs> but the uh, uh, the other thing I thought was really cool that they did for to kind of celebrate this was they did a stop motion animation. Yes, it's it's uh, which, really awesome. <laughs> is it is it looping? By the way, I can't see it, the footage. Yeah, it, it, it is looping. It is looping. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really cool short thing where where Tracer like this this player is obsessed with Overwatch and she has a on her desk she has a Tracer statue and a, and a Reaper statue and the Tracer statue comes loose kind of like Toy Story and it wants to celebrate the anniversary of Overwatch so she makes a cake um, and it, it's really cool because again it's all like tra traditional stop motion um, really really cute and and I I thoroughly fucking dug it and I actually. Because I, I love Overwatch so much, I actually got a little misty-eyed. Oh, wow. So, because, uh, well, there's two things. I love stop motion and I love Overwatch. So just kind of like it was a combo of everything that I adore about certain things. I was just like, I am. <laughs> but uh, they also have a five-minute making of, which how they made it Ooh, is fucking impressive. Fuck, I haven't seen that. I have to watch it. Fuck. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's on there. If you go to play Overwatch on, on YouTube, you'll find it sick all right um i'm, there. I'm definitely gonna watch it but yeah there's there's a ton going on with this event um like i i i i will be playing overwatch consistently for three fucking weeks a to earn as many loot boxes as i can since i don't have any money but also just to kind of celebrate two years of of overwatch and what it has done and where it's gone and and just to appreciate a game that has made me love something as much as this. 
You know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna take a minute here. Alright. I I have never I've never been this infatuated with with a, a multiplayer game or be a world that was created within a within a game. I've I've loved games. I've loved worlds that have been created, but whenever anything gets announced or shown for Overwatch, I'm I'm happy. Just genuinely happy. And even if it's new character, I love the new character immediately. Adore the new character immediately. I may never play them. I don't play Sombra. I love Sombra though. I love the character. So there's just when I play the game and I'm I'm competing, I'm in I'm in multiplayer. At the time, yeah, I get frustrated if I lose or if I'm getting kicked, my ass kicked, but the second that the game's over, I just want to hop back in and play more. Cuz I just love being in that world in any way shape or form. And I I I thank Blizzard for creating such a game for me in that regard. I, I I thrive on a sense of chaos, controlled chaos within multiplayer games. And if there isn't a word that better describes Overwatch's multiplayer as controlled chaos, I don't know what there is. So, um, yeah, thank you, Overwatch, for being around in my life for two years. I will continue to play you for the next year. And uh, for Christ's sake, let's get some new and more interesting game types. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, that's been your Overwatch Minute with great deeds. And I have only one thing to say to that. You can't see it now, Greg, but I got the slow clapping gif on my screen right now. <laughs> of Reaper? No, um, of that just one gif. Oh, oh. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you, Greg. You actually padded out the last part for me. Uh, we, we we almost didn't manage to get a full hour of, of content uh, on here. But I, there, like, like, there was a lot of new. So I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so before we go, um, Greg, where can they find you on the Internet? You can follow me on YouTube at Chub Rock Geek. Uh, that is C-H-U-B-R-O-C-K-G-E-E-K. Um, it's actually on the screen sometimes, too, in this podcast. Uh, but that's kind of where I will post things that I'm doing. Um, I, I Rarely do I post my opinion unless somebody has an opinion that I disagree with. And I'm like, oh, I disagree with you. There's why. <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on the All Cued Up podcast at allcuedappodcast.com. Uh, that is where me and my uh, buddy Josh Fisher... Uh, we'll review a, a, a review two uh, internet-based series in their entirety, um, and then give our uh, grade on them. We don't do a numbered review; we do a grade just because we feel like that it's a lot easier to kind of compensate into a not compensate, like whatever. I like it more. <laughs> uh, ultimately, that's what this comes down to. But um, yeah, the last episode we did was on uh, um, Agrasuko and. Uh, uh, Cobra Kai, which you can find on YouTube Red. So, nice. yeah, uh, it's all queued up podcast.com. All right, awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Defect of Naruto. You can, work that you, can, yeah, you can follow the work that we do at missionstartpodcast.com. And speaking of which, our podcast is live every Sunday night, except for next week because I'm a fan of me, but it's live every Sunday night, usually on this Twitch channel. At 8 p.m. PST for your weekly gaming news podcast. 
again, twitch.tv slash missionstarp. Uh, if you, and speaking of Fanime and conventions, we're going to plan to cover Fanime this year, uh, this, uh, this upcoming week, actually, um, it's going to be on the Conover podcast where we give our thoughts on if the, if the convention was good, bad, weird stories and whatnot. Check it out. It is the Conover podcast. It is on iTunes, Stitcher and Radio Public. Um, and then give me a second here. Uh, the Rolling Twenties is hosted by no other than Jeremy Wilson. Uh, on the site. Uh, it is a podcast full of entertainment, comic books, news, and all sorts of things. It is on the Rolling Twenties podcast, on iTunes, Stitcher, and on Podbean. Last but not least, down in front is a movie podcast that we do. Uh, it is on iTunes, Stitcher, and Radio Public, uh, as well as many other uh, uh, podcast services. Um, where we talk about our thoughts on said movie. We're actually going to talk about a uh, movie on the after show uh, for Deadpool 2. So if you miss out tonight, you can catch it on the Down in Front RSS feed uh, and listen to our full thoughts on the movie. And with that, that's going to do it. Uh, oops, let me just do it. Okay. okay. So uh, again, we'll have an after show. So give us a second for us to get set up here. But uh, what we will we will talk about Deadpool 2. So spoilers ahead. Uh, and if this is the part where you are listening to the podcast and this is all you want to do then that we will uh, thanks for listening and thanks for watching and uh with that we'll see you guys next time <laughs>